listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I want to go right into what we're talking about. Because we're living in a ridiculous day, in a ridiculous day. I don't know if many of you have heard that uh, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown was arrested today because of uh, holding services in his own church. It's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Complete breach of First Amendment rights. And he's not the first one. There's others. That pastor that we talked about in Louisiana. And uh, so I'm going to talk about this tonight on the broadcast. If you think that this isn't the precursor to an open door for persecution, you do not understand Bible prophecy and you do not understand the way the world works. People, by the way, and if you don't know what's happening, I'll I'll, I'll set it up. Share the broadcast because in a moment I'm going to play a clip for you and put something on the screen for you to see. And um, it's it's absolutely ridiculous that they, you know, car, you know, and obviously he turned himself in because he's not going to like go through, uh, you know, some crazy confrontation with the police as a pastor in his city. But like absolutely ridiculous that that sheriff in Tampa would issue that arrest warrant for Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. It's absolutely ridiculous. And uh, I'll comment more after after we look at the clip. But let me just say this to you. If you don't know already from everything that has been we've been preaching, teaching, and that you've seen others preaching and teaching, that we're in the last moments of time, you're not paying attention to what's going on in the world. If you don't understand that we're already seeing signs for the second coming of Christ and the rapture hasn't even happened yet, you've not been paying attention to what's going on in the world. It's taking place in front of our eyes. And now in America, uh, this is the just the beginnings. It's just the beginnings of control. That's all it is. I mean, if you've looked at, let me, let me just say something quickly. If you've looked at the statistics on the flu, on the flu, I'm, I'm expected, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you a tweet. I'm going to read you a tweet that I retweeted because, and I want you to listen to this because this blows my mind that people are literally this foolish that they don't understand this. Listen to this. L- listen to this tweet from Bill Mitchell. 50 and think of the logic of this. 55,000 flu deaths put zero strain on our hospitals. But with 1500 COVID-19 deaths, we're running out of everything creating death panels and descending into chaos. Am I the only one that feels a disconnect from reality here? I want you to think about that. Think about what's being contrived in the media. 55,000 flu deaths right now in the midst of all this going on, and there was no strain on the hospitals, but somehow 1,500 COVID-19 deaths put such a serious strain on our hospitals that we're running out of everything. People are, it's insane to me. 
It's insane to me. And if you don't think that this is the beginning, and this is not conspiracy theory, please give me a break. For every ridiculous Christian out there that's so prim and proper that they don't, yeah, that's just a bunch of conspiracy theory. If you, if you are so foolish as a believer that you don't understand Bible prophecy and understand how things take place in the final moments of time, open your Bible, stop commenting on Facebook, open your Bible, get a logical brain, screw it into your head and read end times Bible prophecy. Bible prophecy is one third of the Bible. 85 plus percent of it has already been literally fulfilled with the other 15% about to be fulfilled. The Bible's never been proved wrong. It is a divine document and tells us what will take place at the end of time. If you don't think that there's a framework that's already being set up in the earth to actually facilitate uh, what the uh, antichrist agenda and system is going to do at the end of time, you don't understand what's going on in the world. You don't understand what's going uh, on in the world. And if you don't think that it's going to take place in America, you think just because we're the most powerful nation in the world, what do you think that they want to do? You can't enter into a one world system when there's a, a, a nation this powerful. So you have to bring the power of nations down. How do you do that? You start taking control. You start taking control. You have to control finance. You have to control business. You have to control population. It's just bottom line. It's bottom line. It's not like there's not other nations in the world doing it. Are people out of their mind? You think there's other nations in the world that are powerful that aren't controlling their populations? Take a look at China. Take a look at other nations that are doing that. It's not like it's not happening. We're making it up like it's science fiction. And if you think that an antichrist agenda does not want to take control of what's going on in America, you don't understand anything about the Bible. And any Christian that's out there applauding the arrest of Dr. Rodney Howard Brown is absolutely foolish, absolutely foolish, because they think they're somehow taking this high ground, you know, to, to be in the, somehow in the eyes of the world look more wise. You're a fool. You're an absolute fool because you don't even understand the fact that your rights are being infringed upon. You don't understand it. And you think it's temporary. I'm going to play the clip. I'm going to play the clip and uh, and we're going to hear what the news said when all this just took place. And of course, he's out, obviously. He's, he's not in jail. He's obviously live on YouTube right now. But let's play the clip and uh, and then we're, I want to discuss a couple of things that are said. But l look at this clip from the news today. So that's why counties and cities are serious about enforcing social distancing. We have to flatten that curve. Sheriff Chad Cronister made that clear today when he issued a pair of arrest warrants against the pastor of the river at Tampa Bay Church. Pastor Rodney Howard Brown is accused of defiantly leading two heavily attended church services this past Sunday in violation of the county order. Eric Lasser has more on the sheriff's decision and the legal questions it now raises. When Hillsborough Sheriff Chad Cronister saw these images from a crowded Sunday service at the river at Tampa Bay Church in Tampa, he was furious. We received an anonymous tip that Pastor Dr. Ronald Howard Brown refused request to temporarily stop holding large gatherings at his church. Hours later, the sheriff, along with Hillsborough State Attorney Andrew Warren, filed a pair of charges against Howard Brown, including unlawful assembly. His reckless disregard for human life put hundreds of people in his congregation at risk and thousands of residents who may interact with them this week in danger. 
The church's response was to describe itself as an essential service, even though houses of worship have not been given that designation. Some folks have questioned whether the sheriff's office even has any legal authority here, citing a separation of church and state. But legal experts I spoke with say there is precedent. Lou Varelli, a constitutional law professor at Stetson Law School, says a U.S. Supreme Court case from 30 years ago essentially says that as long as the government isn't asking the church to do something it isn't asking everyone else to do, it's on solid legal ground. Of course, if they were targeted at churches or worship ceremonies were singled out, that would be a totally different situation. But I think it's fair to say that's not what's happening here. Pastor Howard Brown handed himself in at the Hernando County Sheriff's Office, heading off a possible confrontation with what Chronister described as a heavily armed security force deployed by the pastor. As for next week, the sheriff says he hopes this shows church members how serious they are about the order and asks them to do what others have done by sharing their religious services online and through social media. And as a sheriff's office, we would never impede someone's ability to lean on their religious beliefs as a means of comfort. But practicing those beliefs has to be done safely. Pastor Brown just got out of jail. Well, let me just come back because, first of all, this genius of a sheriff can't even get the name right of the person that he's issuing an arrest warrant for. Who is Pastor Ronald Howard Brown? First of all, is it even legal to arrest someone if their name's not right on the arrest warrant? <laughs> Pastor Ronald Howard Brown. It's not even the right guy. Genius. And so listen to what he says at the end. It's never the sheriff's department's uh, uh, job to tell people to stop leaning on their religion. And uh, as yeah, as long as how we lean on our religion or what we do in our religion doesn't somehow uh, buck how you've told us you see what I'm saying? This is the point people need to get. Since when, since when does the government have the right to tell the church how and when and where to gather? Since when? Since when? Since when does a county order, let me ask you a question. Since when does a county order supersede the Constitution of the United States of America? Since when do they hold that kind of authority? And I hope he has a field day in court with not only the sheriff's office, but anybody else that stands in his way. Hope he has a field day because this is a precedent. We've talked to many experts. It's a guy in his mom's ba basement at, a, at some university. Like, it's ridiculous. Read this. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. No law respecting establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof doesn't say in times of crisis, unless it's in a time of crisis, doesn't say unless it's in a time of pandemic, doesn't say it's unless it's in a time of national security. It says no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or the right to uh, of the people to peaceably assemble to peaceably assemble so any genius that's applauding the arrest of Dr. Rodney Howard Brown that calls themselves a, a Christian is a clown an absolute clown because so what 
We're going to listen now the, to, to the uh, to the sheriff's department. We're never going to take away your ability to lean on your religious, uh, you know, your religious. To, yeah, unless we do don't do it the way you think we should do it. So if we don't, if the way that we worship doesn't line up with some county order, we start carting our religious leaders off to jail. So where does that stop? Where does that stop? So what what's to stop? Anytime. It's like, it's like, it's, it's exactly like, um, like I'll give you a perfect example of this. And this has nothing to do with conspiracy theory. Go buy Edward Snowden's book, Permanent Record. The guy that, that released all of the government uh, data on WikiLeaks that worked for the NSA and the CIA. You know what he said? He found out as he was working for the government that the, uh, the Patriot Act was one of the most wicked things ever passed in American history. Because it basically gave the government the right to do whatever they wanted to do under the guise of national security. And he says, and he's not a Christian. You know, Edward Snowden is not a Holy Ghost-filled Christian. He is an extremely intelligent man that basically built the, uh, uh, you know, if you read his book, you'll find out how low-tech and low-fi the CIA and NSA actually were before he started building a framework for them to share information across uh, international borders. But he said that even working for our government while he was overseas and seeing the documents behind the scenes and what they were doing to American citizens, that the Patriot Act was one of the most evil things ever passed. Why? Because at any given time now, if the government just says as a matter of national security, they don't have to disclose why. There's and, and he even says in his book, there's been all kinds of things that have been done under the guise of national security that are completely and totally illegal and infringe on the rights of Americans. All kinds of things. And he lists them in, in the book. All kinds of surveillance of Americans with no warrant just because it's under the guise of national security for the Patriot Act. The point I'm making to you is that what's you say, well, you know, this is a time of pandemic. Okay, so what if the government issues uh, some broad stroke uh, time of national security? Well, we can't have you gathering right now because it's a time of national security. So what are you going to do? You're going to argue with the entire government? The, the entire government, you know, they don't, they don't have to give you anything. They don't have to give you details. If you think the government has to give you details, they don't. Just look at things like the Patriot Act. They don't have to tell you why. All they have to say is, well, it's just a time of national security. We've got some things going on. We don't want you gathering. The point I'm making to you is this, that there that's the whole purpose that the Constitution of the United States of America is in place so things like this don't happen, so that there's not some caveat somewhere as to why you can actually gather or why you can't gather as a religious group. That's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And if you think it stops here, I guarantee you it's a test to see. It's a test to see how Americans are going to react. You can't tell me that that the way that this thing is moving, you know, you get no coverage on the flu. Meanwhile, the, the deaths because of the flu are dwarfing, dwarfing the deaths of, the, of COVID-19, dwarfing. And so you're going to start carting our religious leaders off to jail? I, pray, I thank God for a man like Dr. Rodney Howard Bound that had the cojones to actually go to jail for what he believes, that actually had the spiritual uh, fortitude to do what he believes. Let me tell you why. Because there comes a time, and, and it, doesn't it doesn't really matter whether people like this message or not. 
And, and I don't really care if people disagree with me or not. And I don't care if I lose followers or not, because it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with what the Bible says. It has to do with what the Bible says. And what does the Bible say? So what, you're, what, what the sheriff's department, the Tampa Bay Sheriff's Department Department is telling me, because of a county order now, I have to, you are impeding my right as, as a, a, a member of a religious group. You absolutely are impeding my right because my religion actually tells me in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25 to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Let me read it to you. Hebrews 10, 25. Don't neglect meeting together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day of the Lord drawing near. So let me tell you something. I have the right as an American, as a under the power of the Constitution. It's the whole purpose that it's there. That's why our country is greater than countries that are being oppressed by their governments because we set it up. The founding fathers were smart enough to understand that the tyranny that happened in other nations would not happen again in this nation. And they put an airtight document together to protect that. That's the whole point. That's why we have a country as great as this nation. Because of those documents. And literally, you're telling me that we're not, this is not uh, uh, infringing upon my rights as a, 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 a uh, uh, you know, it's just ridiculous. First of all, kid in Wales, whoever you on on Periscope, even if it kills other Americans. First of all, listen to what they said in the, in the news report. That doc, as if Dr. Rodney Howard Brown is somehow forcing all Christians to gather together in a tight little space. First of all, remember something. Everybody has their own free will. If you don't want to go to church, don't go. Don't go. The church is open. If you don't want to be there or if you're afraid about what may happen, stay home. Genius. I mean, that's, that's how it works. Stay home. He, he's not forcing anybody to gather. And any genius that comes on says, well, you know, he, it's because he has all this pull because he is a religious leader. And so he's shaming people are not, you know, people aren't stupid. People have a brain. People have a brain. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. People have a brain. If you don't want to go, if you're afraid to go, don't go. Just don't go. So, well, he's forcing all these people to put themselves in. He's not forcing anybody to do anything. He left the church open. He's preaching at the church. If you want to come, come. If you're scared to come, stay home. If you don't want to come, if you think it's not wisdom to come, nobody's condemning you for not coming. Just don't come. Just don't come. Yes, we should be encouraging people to gather, kid in Wales, because that's what the Bible says to do. It specifically says to do that. It says, do not neglect the assembling of yourselves together, but gather even more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. So here's the bottom line, is that Christians don't truly believe what they say they believe. You know, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, and specifically a Pentecostal charismatic Christian that literally believes in the power of God, I'm not talking about like if you're a cessationist and you're some Reformed Baptist or Presbyterian, I, I have no you know bones to pick with them because they don't believe it anyway. You know, I'm not going to sit here and argue with a Reformed Baptist or a Reformed Presbyterian that's a cessationist and doesn't believe in the continued work of the Holy Spirit now. I'm not going to argue with them. If you don't believe it, that's fine. Don't believe it. You should be afraid then of diseases. 
You should be afraid of sicknesses if you're a reformed believer because you don't believe in the healing power of God. So be afraid. Yes. Wear a mask and gloves and stay home. That I don't I have no problem with that at all. None at all. But if you're a Pentecostal charismatic believer and you go all, I'm sold out for Jesus and you're, you know, you're, you're one of these, I'm on fire for God. And then something like this takes place with 1500 deaths versus 55,000 of the flu. And people are all freaking out. And you know, all, all, first of all, let me, let me say this. If you go to church as a Pentecostal and charismatic believer and listen to what, you know, that news report said, putting the entire community of believers at risk. Do you think we serve a God that is actually uh, sending sicknesses on his own children? I preached on this this week. You think you serve a God that is sending sicknesses and diseases onto his children? I don't know what, first of all, crack your Bible open and read about the nature and character of God, first of all. He's, the, Matthew chapter 7 says he's a loving heavenly father who knows how to give good gifts to those that ask him. He's not giving uh, people diseases and sicknesses to teach them a lesson for obeying his word and gathering in, in the house of God. And for every person that says, well, I don't see the problem, just, just stay home. And, you know, it, it's like th- these people don't want to argue, well, the early church met in homes. Yes, they didn't all stay home. In, in their house, they met in a home, just like another building. What? Let me ask you a question. On the day of Pentecost, when 3,000 people were saved, whose house do you think they met in? Let me ask you that question. Logically, as an educated adult human being, when 3,000 people got saved on the day of Pentecost, whose house do you think they met in? Who had a house big enough to house 3,000 people? Why do you think, uh, just a fact check here, why do you think 120 believers had to gather in an upper room and not in somebody's little house? Because this is the way it works. When more and more people are converted and you have more and more bodies in the body of Christ, you will need a bigger space in order to house the, the number of bodies that are actually being added to the body of Christ. Because the more actual people are there, the more square footage you'll need to house those people. It's like, oh, Lord, kid in Wales full of, like, absolute craziness. I hope you'll be able to sleep at night when your flock starts to die in higher numbers. First of all, we haven't died at all. (laughs) So higher numbers, there have been no lower numbers. Our flock, by the way, hasn't died in lower numbers. So... God bless you. If you don't believe like we believe, that's your own problem. But don't infringe upon, uh, you know, (laughs) if he's in Wales, first of all, God bless you in Wales, but Wales doesn't have the same freedoms that the United States of America has. Wales doesn't have the same type of constitution that the United States of America has. And we have the ability. It's law. Let me put it up again in case any of you missed history class. Amendment one, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, none, none, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, none. To arrest, think about this. Just think logically. To arrest a spiritual leader of a religion or any believer that chooses to gather is a direct violation of the first two parts of this amendment. No law in regard to the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise 
thereof. So I have a question. If we're getting arrested for coming together and meeting as believers, are we being restricted or not? Are we being, listen, do we have free exercise or do we not have free exercise? Do we have free exercise or do we not have free exercise? That's the question. If my pastor is being arrested and now my church can't function, do we have free exercise? No. And I don't care. I don't care what professional or what expert gets on television and says, well, it's only a temporary ban. I don't care. I don't care if it's one day. I don't care if it's one day. It doesn't matter to me because any restriction of my religion in the United States of America is a violation of my constitutional right. It's a straight up, and whatever they were saying, well, there is precedent for this, that in times of crime, let me tell you something. It is a, they're restricting it. They did it to the pastor in Louisiana. Now they've done it to Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. And I pray that he takes it to the highest place and beats it into the ground. Because they, let me tell you, if you think that the Antichrist system is not looking to make precedents out of situations just like this, you don't understand how the Antichrist system works. Of course they want to set precedents. Because if it can done, if it can be done now, then it can be done later. And in the same way that I said, with a man that's not even a Christian, like Edward Snowden, who wrote that book, Permanent Record. You need to read it, by the way. You need to read it. And and whatever. You know, whatever you may think about him, whatever you may think about what he's what he did after working for the United States government, whatever. It doesn't matter what you think about him or whatever you may find objectionable in his book. What you need to understand is that if the government takes control of situations like that, your freedom is gone. Your freedom's gone. Because at what point do you still have that unadulterated freedom where there can be no uh, free exercise of your religion? That's called religious persecution. And it doesn't matter. Listen to me. It does not matter. You know, like they said in the video, well, you know, if they're, if they're, it'd be different if they were only asking the churches to do this. But, you know, since they're asking everybody to do the same, why aren't they asking liquor stores? That's my question. That's not an essential play. You don't need, no, nobody needs liquor. But, it, you know, it's crazy to me because guess what? The government gets a massive kickback on alcohol sales and people know that in times like this when everybody's stressed out and when everybody's going through issues in their mind and has to stay home with a family they can't stand guess what's going to go through the roof liquor sales you know what else states that um states that allow marijuana to be sold legally those marijuana shops are open that's not essential neither marijuana nor liquor is essential in a time of crisis but they're all open they're all open. And guess what? As liquor is continuing to be purchased, guess who gets the kickback? The federal government does. Abortion clinics? Oh, yeah, but that's for women's health. Planned Parenthood is for women's health. Whether it's federal or state governments, it doesn't matter. The government gets a, a tax kickback on all the liquor that's purchased and the weed. Huge amount of taxes. Oh, that's the only... <laughs> people, people don't even think. They don't even open their minds and think about what's going on. It's all about money in those situations. There's Pastor Peter Marshall, same thing. It's same in Canada. Same thing. And they're trying to do it all over the world. In South Africa, you know what they're saying? That if a pastor, 
let you listen to this. In South Africa, they're saying that if a pastor does not turn his congregation members in that may that may have COVID, or if you don't turn in your neighbor that may have COVID-19, then it's jail time for you. It's jail time. Yeah, Amber, but the dentist is closed, but the liquor stores are open. The dentist is closed, but weed shops are open. People are total sheep when it comes to this kind of stuff. They're like lemmings. They get in line and just do whatever anybody else says. They just get in line and do whatever anybody else in the government says. Whatever Fox News or CNN or CNBC says to do is what they do with never a thought. Where's the outcry from Christians that are ticked off about this kind of crap, knowing that my constitutional rights are being violated by county county government, a county I mean, like, give me a break. And a sheriff that can't even pronounce or get the name right of the person that he's issuing a warrant for their arrest. It's like, get your act together. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely freaking ridiculous that this kind of stuff goes on and people just sit back and say, well, it's just the time of the day we live in. Yeah, because you've got sheep that won't say anything or do anything. You're, You're a sheep when you should be a lion. That's a problem. You're a sheep when you should be a lion. People sitting around just, you know, going about life like everything's fine when you start to realize that there are things, there are things that are taking place right now. And I don't care what they, I don't care what anybody says that disagrees with me on this. I don't care. I don't care if somebody, if somebody, I lose a friendship off over it. I don't care because it comes down to the fact that people don't believe the word of God. They simply don't believe it. Yeah. They simply don't believe it. And so bottom line, people need to get angry about it. People need to get angry about it. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Let me, let me read you another one before I go to Acts chapter five, because some other absolute genius got on uh, Twitter today and was going back and forth with my cousin, which made me laugh. Let me, let me read you this. He said, well, you shouldn't, this, this was, uh, this was the tweet response to my cousin's tweet. By the way, this is what the guy wrote. By the way, it's not biblical to disobey constituted authority or government authority. It's not biblical to obey governmental authority. Really? Do you own a Bible? Have you ever opened a Bible? Do you even know what it says? Have you read any of the Old Testament or new? Have you ever, do you even understand that the majority of scripture is people that have actually said no to wicked government principles, and that's the Bible. Go back through. Go back through and read it for yourself. Do you know, it was Ahab and Jezebel that wanted to kill the people of God, wanted to kill the people of God. It was illegal. I mean, you, you, can, go, you can go back through the Old Testament if you want to. Let's talk about Daniel for a minute. The fact that it was passed, a law was passed 
by evil men that didn't like the favor that Daniel had and had the king, uh, by stroking his ego, had a king pass an edict that all prayer in the kingdom, the only prayer that could be done was praying to the king because they knew Daniel prayed to God three times a day in the open. So what are you going to do? You're going to tell Daniel, well, listen, Daniel, uh, it's just temporary because the, the king passed an edict, you know, that all prayer... So it's not, it's not biblical to buck governmental authority. Well, what in the world do you think Daniel did? You think he hid? Let me ask you a question. If you go back and read your Bible, did Daniel hide in some side room? Did Daniel hide in some side room and just call it a prayer closet and hide in there and just do his prayer in a closed off space where nobody could see him, nobody could hear him because it was illegal? Or did he go right out in the same place that he always was and pray unto God in the open? He did it in the open, knowing that it was illegal, knowing that it was illegal, knowing the penalty it carried. Well, he shouldn't have done that. How could he go? How could he go? How could he go against the governmental authorities? Because if what the government says directly contradicts what you're commanded to do as a believer, you're not required to obey. You're not required to obey. What are you going to say uh, in nations like China where it was illegal to, be, to have a church or be a Christian? You're just going to tell them tough. Just don't disobey the governmental authorities. Literally, is that what you're going to say to them? Is that what you're going to say to all the Chinese churches? Well, just you know, obey the government. Just don't be Christians. I mean, like, don't be Christians. Don't obey the word of God because the government doesn't want you to. People are total sheep when they should be lions blows my mind. And now, you know, I never, I never could understand these scriptures that when I, when I was a kid, I could never understand the scripture where the Bible says in the, in the last days that there would be a great, that the hearts of many would grow cold and that, uh, the love of many would grow cold and there'd be a great falling away from the faith. Many would leave the faith. I thought there's no way, especially not in America. We're on fire. We got the Holy ghost. I used to think like that when I was a kid. And now looking at what's going on, I can clearly see how there could be a great falling away and how the love of many people grows cold. It's funny to me because, um, you know, all the people that are shouting now, I wish we could be going to church. They're the same people that, you, that would pick and choose when they could go to, when they'd wanted to go to church, when churches were open. Makes me laugh. The same people that we need to be in church. Oh, really? Because when church was open, you showed up one Sunday out of the four. It's ridiculous. I can see, I can see now in times where there's actually just a little bit of resistance. This isn't a lot of, this is not a lot of resistance. This is a little bit of resistance, a little bit. And I can see in a time of resistance how people, the love of people has grown cold and that many will fall away from the faith. I can clearly see and understand the scripture that the path is narrow, it's straight, and few there be that find it. I can understand it clearly because there are people who have allowed, that have allowed themselves to just become lemmings and just follow in line with everybody else and just do what everybody else says to do instead of obeying what the word of God says. Okay, let, we've talked about Daniel. What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? We're not supposed to stand up against governmental authority. Oh, really? Well, the king declared to every person in the kingdom, when you hear the music play, bow down and worship my statue. Basically taking the worship of God. Imagine the entire nation of America bowing down and three people being left standing in the crowd. Stark contrast. 
stark contrast. And they didn't care. The king even liked them so much. He said, oh, you guys must not have understood what I said. What I meant was when the music starts to play, we need you to bow down and worship the statue. They said, you can play as much music as you want. I ain't bowing down because I don't worship you. I worship the one true and living God. He was so mad. What did he do? Persecuted them, threw them, in the, threw them into the furnace to be killed, to be executed in a torturous way. But they didn't die. They did not die. But what are you saying? They should have just obeyed and worshiped the statue? For every Christian that says that, well, you shouldn't buck the authority of the government there. You should just do what the government tells you to do, brother. Just keep on doing what. What are you going to do? You going to bow? Are you going to bow? You say, well, you're making a bigger deal out of this than it actually is. No, I'm actually not. Because people that are like that, they let, it's a slippery slope. If you don't understand that it's a slippery slope, you don't understand how these things work. You don't understand what precedents are. You don't understand what happens when things like this go on. Going back to what I said earlier, what what are you going to do? So, well, this is just temporary. We should just ride it out. So what are you going to do if it gets less temporary? It's like I heard somebody say the other day, I was on Twitter, and this, this guy that's a theologian, he got on there. This was when they banned the first Sunday, and they said, we're just for a Sunday. We need everybody for one week or whatever. And he said, well, you know, um, just staying home this Sunday is not a violation of Hebrews 10.25. And somebody replied to him that actually had uh, uh, sense enough to say it and said, well, what about when it becomes eight Sundays in a row? Is it a violation then? What about when it becomes 16 Sundays in a row? Is it a violation then? What about when it's 32 uh, Sundays in a row? Is it a violation then? When does it become a violation? When does, when does not gathering together? And don't tell me it's the same thing to gather together. Well, we brother, we do it online. Or we, it's not the same thing. No, you realize nobody in the early church had online. <laughs> it's, it's, you realize that is, that's, that's recent. It's like when people say, well, I fast, you know, I, I fast Netflix. Oh, really? Well, if that's the case, everyone in the Bible fasted Netflix for 2,000 years because there was no Netflix. And so I want you to understand, there isn't an, an actual assembling together. There is an actual assembling together. How do you lay hands on somebody if they're not there? Question. How do you lay hands on the sick? How does someone call for the elders of the church? I can't obey James 5, guys. Think about that. I mean, have we thought about these things? Have we thought about these things? The ordinances of the church? Has anybody thought about the ordinance of ordinance of the, of the church? Anybody? I can't obey Hebrew or James chapter James chapter 5. Let me read it to you. The Bible says, "Is anyone among you suffering?" This is verse 13. Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing with oil in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. I can't be anointed with oil because I can't even go to see my spiritual leader. And if I go to see my spiritual leader, is he going to be locked up? Because now we're, we're carting spiritual leaders off to jail for doing what we believe in our religion should be done. Should be done. So what are we going to do? You're going to bow down and worship the statue? People think, you. well, you're, you're making a bigger deal out of this than needs to, than needs to be. Yeah, that's the other thing Dor Dorian's making a point, and I agree. What do you do? What if the online is censored like it is in other countries? You, you think 
I mean, you, you go to China, it's heavily censored what they can see on social media, heavily censored. You don't think they're starting to do that stuff now? People don't think. What do you do when they take that away from you? Okay, uh, you know, freedom of speech, freedom of press. And I understand his views were extreme and all this stuff. I get it. I get it. But what do you say about, um, what's, what's his name over here? His name just jumped out of my mind. Um, somebody help me. The, the, the guy that would, that would do the news, InfoWars, Alex Jones. What, what do you do? Okay, freedom of press, freedom of speech, all that stuff. What do you do when it's somebody like Alex Jones? Okay, you've got somebody that I know there's tons of people that don't agree with his views. I know there's tons of people that think he's a nut job, tons of people that think he's an extreme conspiracy theorist. And I'm not arguing either point on the broadcast. The point I'm making is since when is it okay to completely wipe somebody's ability to speak off the map? When, you know, when is that okay? When is that okay? They did it to him. Why couldn't they do it to a preacher? They said, you know, you realize they said the same things about Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, extreme conspiracy theorist, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. That's, that was one of the, the articles that was posted online today. Extreme conspiracy theorist, Rodney Howard Brown. So they're going to group him in because of what he knows and believes about end times Bible prophecy. You know, if that's the case, every, every Christian should be called an extreme conspiracy theorist, understanding what's going to take place, obviously. So you're going to group them in and then you're going to say, well, the reason we need to take his YouTube and his Facebook and his Periscope down is because, you know, all the stuff, the things that he's saying are dangerous. Oh, so now like they did, I mean... Whether you agree with his views or not, I'm not saying I'm for or against the views of Alex Jones. The point I'm making is that's what they said about him. His views are too dangerous and offensive to be heard by the world. So we have to remove him from society. That's exactly what they did. And then Facebook took him down. YouTube took him down. Periscope took him down. Apple Podcasts took him down. Google Podcasts took him down. Spotify took him down. Everybody took him down in one day. In one day. One day. So what are you going to do when they turn that spotlight on the church? What are you going to do? And especially the Pentecostal Charismatic Church. What are you going to do when they turn that spotlight on and say, what they're saying is dangerous. That's what they're saying about him. It's exactly what they're saying about him. What he's saying is dangerous and should not be said in public. That's why we have freedom of speech, genius. Because the moment you take it away, you get in, you get into a, a, a tyrannical dictatorial government that's going to now determine what we can and can't say. What we can and can't say. I mean, you go to, you just go north uh, a, a few hours into into Ontario, Ontario, Canada. You just go up there, and I, I'm trying to remember the number of the bill that was just passed about a year and a half, two years ago, uh, R-16. I think it was R-16, the bill. Maybe uh, Brother Marshall could help me out with that. R-16, where you had to refer, you have to refer by law to transgender people by their preferred pronoun. So now it's criminal if you don't say Z, Zim, Zer, to some transgender person in, in, in the province of Ontario 
because they've passed Bill R-16. I believe that's what it, what it was. I can't remember the number off the top of my head. That is called forced speech. Forced speech. Now you're telling me what I can and cannot say and telling me what I must say. And telling me what I must say. And so that that's, you get into that, it's a slippery slope. C-16, Bill C-16. It's, listen, it's a slippery slope. And you, you need to understand, if you don't think that's where the enemy is going, it's what he was doing in the Old Testament. It's what he was doing in the New Testament. It's what he's still doing today. Don't say this. Don't say that. C-16, that's it. That's the bill in Ontario. So you, you explain to me how I'm supposed to move forward as a believer and in the nation of America where I'm supposed to have constitutional rights of free speech and not only that, freedom of religion and freedom to peaceably gather. That's right. I love that quote from Pastor Bill Motley. Whatever you compromise to keep, you'll lose. That's right. Whatever you compromise to, you'll lose. If you allow it, you lay it down, it's gone. It is gone. And there's too many, listen, too many sheep when there should be lions. Too many sheep when there should be lions. Hear me when I'm talking tonight. Too many sheep when there should be lions. It's time to stand up. Well, brother, you shouldn't buck the government. That's what the whole Bible is filled with stories of. People, and I'll read it to you because I need to read it to you. Basically, after telling the apostles and the believers not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus Christ, the apostles are arrested. And I want you to hear this. And the Bible says this, listen. Uh, and someone came and told them, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching in the temple. And then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. Verse 27, and when they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest questioned them saying, we strictly charged you. This is Acts 5 and verse 28. We strictly charged you not to teach in his name. Listen to me. We strictly charged you not to teach in his name. Yet you filled Jerusalem with your teaching and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Look at verse 29. The Bible says, but Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than man. We must obey God rather than man. Bottom line, 529. You read it. Read about Paul. Read about Peter. Read about Barnabas, Silas. You read about Philip. You read about all of those that were being persecuted by the government for what they were doing. And they kept on doing it. And it exploded. And in the midst of heavy persecution all the way up to what? The third century? The fourth century? Uh, what was it, Three, 313, beginning of the 4th century, the peace of the church, until that, that kind of persecution start, uh, stopped? Let me tell you something. Uh, that, yeah, that's a great quote by Ben Franklin. Those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. I agree. I agree. We must obey God rather than men. There's many Christians that probably would not be willing to go to jail for what they believe. Probably would not be willing. If it came down to early church style stuff, they wouldn't be willing to go to, to jail for what they believe. They just wouldn't. Too many sheep, not enough lions. There's too many with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Straddling the line. 
straddling the line. And, and that's the bottom line. It's the bottom line. And people are just, if, if people say they're sold out for God, but are you sold out? Are you willing to stand for Christ? Are you willing? I mean, you see this kind of stuff happening that's completely illegal, by the way, completely illegal. You know, and here's the other thing. You know what made me laugh? This made me laugh. I, I'm not even going to give them any more airtime by playing that clip again. But this made me laugh about um, when they said, well, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown turned himself in voluntarily to the police after they encountered a heavily armed security team. It's like, so that they didn't have to have, a, basically they said, so they didn't have to have a confrontation with a heavily armed security team. First of all, there's nothing wrong or illegal about having a heavily armed security team. And any pastor in America, after everything that's been happening, that doesn't have a heavily armed security team is an absolute fool because we use wisdom. Anybody see the, the, the video of the guy that tried to shoot up the church? Where was it in Texas? And one man from the security team took that dude out from across the church with one shot, one shot. One shot. So they're acting like what? Like what what is he? Some guerrilla warrior? Dr. Rodney Howard Brown is some guerrilla warrior. And he's walking around with a heavily armed security team. It's like, give me a break. Yeah, because there's nut jobs wandering around in our cities of America that are coming in trying to kill our children, kill our people. So you'd be a fool. You know, maybe catch, maybe catch um catch a whiff of logical sense and start getting some people at our schools, at our public schools. Instead of these guys like we got in Parkland that hear gunfire and hide behind a wall on security camera when they should be giving their life for the children that they're there to protect. Well, I was actually just following protocol. We're supposed to wait for backup. Meanwhile, you're, you're rolling gurneys out. So maybe, maybe catch the same kind of sense we've caught in the church and put some of these people in the public schools where you got nut jobs coming in trying to kill our children. Maybe worry more about that than carting off our religious leaders to jail because they're doing what we are actually commanded to do in the Bible by the Holy Spirit who inspired all scripture, by the way, and now our religious rights are being infringed upon. He's like, well, no, it's a... People have lost their minds. And they're just doing whatever anybody tells them to do. Hey, you know what's really great is um, we'd like you to just come on down to this local government office and we have these wonderful microchips that we would love to be able to put into your forehead and then into your right hand. And yeah, it's really wonderful. You'll be able to use it to buy and sell and... You really be able to use it for us to just be able to locate you. You can never be abducted. And uh, they're really, really convenient. It'd be great if you'd come down and it won't take but five to 10 minutes. You know, we'll just use a little needle here and implant that microchip into your right hand or forehead. And uh, you'll really see a difference because even if you forget your wallet, you know, even if you forget your wallet at home, you can still go to Costco and just pay for your groceries with your right hand or your forehead. And guess what? People will flock. They will flock to those places when the mark of the beast is given out. Of course, it'll happen during the tribulation. We won't be here, but they'll flock because it'll be all about convenience. It'll be all about fear and people will take it by the droves and the world will be under governmental control. That's not conspiracy theory, my friend. That is the holy scripture.
Holy Scripture. Absolutely. They'll get right in line with it. They'll get right in line with it. And you know why? And of course, by then, that a great delusion will have been pulled over their eyes, the Bible says. Apostle Paul wrote that to the Thessalonians, by God. And they'll believe a lie. But now while we have time, now before Jesus is coming, has come back, before the rapture takes place, are we going to get weaker and weaker? Are we going to sit back? And, and especially in America, just allow these things? I mean, we, we sit, you know what bugs me? Is you've got nations that are experiencing heavy persecution for what they believe in, the, in Scripture. They're believing in Scripture, living by the Word of God, and you've got groups of people that are hacking Christians up with machetes in other nations, cutting heads off, stealing young girls. I mean, all, all these different things happening. All of these different things happening. And you've got people that are going harder than ever for Christ in those nations. Here, you've got no, you've got like no persecution and people are sitting home on the couch with Cheetos crumbs on their chin, skipping church when they should be in church. And so I want you to understand something. It needs to be, it's about time, by the way, that sheep turn into lions. The Bible says in Proverbs 28.1 that the wicked run when nobody's chasing them, but the righteous are bold as a lion. That's Proverbs 28.1 for anybody that's taking notes. The wicked run when no one's chasing them, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. I love what Proverbs 30, 30 says. It says, the lion is king of beasts and turns aside for no man. No man. Jesus, by the way, if you've read Revelation chapter 5, is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. That same anointing of the lion is on you. It's in your life. That same boldness, that same power. Why do you think we've been doing these spirit of faith sessions every single night? To build your faith to the place where you understand you're not a victim. You, you hold power in your hand. You've got power in your words. You've got power in your spirit. The Bible says the very Holy Spirit that created the universe is living inside of your body today. The same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead is dwelling in your body. Yeah, that was Proverbs 28.1 and Proverbs 30.30. 30. And so I want you to understand. I want you to understand that there is. Who is this? We got some nut job Catholic Pope that keeps commenting on YouTube. Nobody cares. Nobody hears Catholic. Nobody cares about the Catholic Church. So just save your comments because no one's reading them and nobody gives nobody cares. No one cares. Just log off and delete your account. God bless you. Goodbye. Don't you have like, don't you have like uh, molestation charges to cover up somewhere or something? Plenty of work to do in the Catholic Church, the Catholic cult. So understand, it's important that you come alive and get bold about what you believe. Get bold about what you believe. Don't sit back and just take, well, you know, that's that that's just life. That's just, you know, you just got to learn how to uh, flow with the punches. No. Do what they did in the early church. Do what the do what they did in the early church and stand up for what you believe. Don't be silent in these times. Don't be silent in these moments when everybody else is just sitting back and just, you know, taking life as it comes. It's ridiculous. 
It's ridiculous. How? Listen, how deep is it going to go as they start carting religious leaders off to jail, taking them into court, trying to break apart our churches and our ability to gather? <laughs> and, and no one's saying anything? It's a complete constitutional violation. Nobody's saying anything? Well, we found one precedent from 30 years ago that I oh, want. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did find a precedent from 30 years ago. But the bottom line is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if everyone is being asked the same thing or not. That was their whole basis. It would be different. It would be different if they were just singling out religions. But they've asked everyone to do the same thing. You haven't asked everyone. You haven't asked everyone. You haven't asked the two biggest uh Tax revenue streams, have you? Liquor and weed, you've not asked them. Why aren't they shut down? Why aren't they shut down? And so it's insane. It's insane. And, you, and, we're, and we're all sitting back. And that you got, you've got Christians on Twitter, Christians on Facebook, Chris, up there. He should be arrested. I think he should be arrested. First of all, get saved. If you... Th if, People don't even believe that God's a healer. It's like I had to, I had to ask this question, uh, what, two weeks ago when we started this? I had to ask a basic question to see if anybody actually believes the truth anymore. Like, literally, you, you think I'm going to walk around with surgical gloves? I should do the broadcast with surgical gloves on and a face mask. You have to ask yourself a question. Do my hands heal the sick or do they catch and spread diseases? You have to ask que that question. Do my hands heal the sick or do they catch and spread diseases? It, it can't be both. It's one or the other. It's one or the other. And obviously, as I said at the beginning, I'm not talking to people that are Reformed Baptists. I'm not talking to Reformed Presbyterians. I'm not talking to Calvinists. I'm not talking to cessationists because I already know that they don't believe like we believe. And so I'm not condemning them, not coming against them, but the argument's not for them because they don't believe it anyway. But for the people that say they believe God, for the people that say they're Pentecostal, for the people that say that they're charismatic, then let me ask you a question. Do you actually believe that your hands heal the sick or do they catch and spread diseases? Which one? Because it can't be both. It can't be both. Bottom line, it cannot be both. And so don't be coming around with your little uh, mask and gloves on and giving me a shoulder bump or a elbow bump or a, you know, I don't, I told him, I said, I'm getting so tired of it. I'm going to start doing what Apostle Paul said and greet one another with a holy kiss. <laughs> it's time to start greeting somebody with a holy kiss. I went to Target the other day. Target, you got all kinds of people in Target. Nobody's shutting Target down. Well, it's essential. Go in. I'm not grabbing 32, uh, um, you know, disinfectant wipes and like going taking my cart through a car wash because I'm afraid. If listen, if my life comes to an end because of uh, of coronavirus, it should have because I apparently this covenant that I got going on is not strong enough to do anything that the Bible says that it should do. Yeah, can you believe that? So Frank, so we have to sit around. So uh. Uh, uh, churches are not essential. Churches are not essential. Seriously, 
Churches are not essential. <laughs> it's crazy. But but liquor is, boy. You got to get that liquor. Got to get that weed. That's essential. And so I thank God for Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. I thank God. Of course, he's a he's a close personal friend of our family and I love him. I love him. Appreciate everything that he's doing for the kingdom of God. One of the most impactful men of God of our generation. You can't even write the history of the Christian church in the 21st century without mentioning his name. So don't tell me that he's this like, you know, off the wall fringe preacher, you know, out there in La La Land somewhere. He's a mighty man of God that's touched the world with the power of the Holy Ghost. Touching nations, touching nations around the world with the power of the Holy Ghost. So don't act like he's some nutty conspiracy theorist in some little church in Tampa, Florida that they had to take away because he's dangerous. He's a man of God touching the world and people don't like it. And it doesn't really matter what they like or don't like because they violated constitutional rights and they're trying to do it all over the, all over the uh, nation. They did it to, to uh, others down in, in, uh, in the South. They're trying to do it. You, you hear, did you hear did anybody hear what was said in New York? I mean, let me ask you, did anyone hear what was said in New York about the fact that if you continue to do what you're doing, yeah, no, I know Cuomo says they're not essential, but if you continue to do it, they will cease to exist as a church, cease to exist as a church. So what you're going to take, the, you're going to take their ability to be a church away now. So we've gone beyond, think about this. We've gone beyond just saying that if they, yeah, de Blasio, yeah. We've gone beyond just saying, yeah, that they'll close the churches permanently. That's what I'm talking about. So you're going to, we've gone now beyond just saying that, you know, we'll, we'll, um, you know, we'll fine you or, you know, we'll, we'll, if you gather together, we'll put your pastor in jail. Now, now what they're going to do is that they're going to take the authority to completely close our churches, to permanently close our churches? Who do you think you're talking to? What do you think? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? That you're going to completely uh, come against the Constitution of the United States? Who do you think you are? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And this is the kind of stuff that's going on in America right now in, in a time where they're, in my opinion, blowing something completely out of proportion. You got 55,000 deaths because of the flu, 1,500 because of COVID-19. The 55,000 deaths did nothing to our hospital's ability to function, but somehow the 1,500 deaths from COVID-19 got our, got our hospitals in a complete uproar panic and we're running out of everything. Open your mind. And understand what's actually going on. Open your actual mind. How? Let me ask you a question. Yeah, this is so different. Why? Why is it? Why is it that when fifty-five thousand people died of the flu, we didn't have to close churches for that? But fifteen hundred people are dead from. And I'm not. I'm not. Trust me. I'm not. Uh, you know, glossing over the deaths of men and women. It's sad. It's very sad that people are dying. It's very, it's heart-wrenching for families. It's very sad that these things are taking place. Very sad. Not glossing over the deaths. But I'm asking you a, a logical question based on statistics. 
Why is that not the case? Why is it different? Why is that not the case? And you can see it all over the place. And I'm just telling you right now that Christians better wake up. Christians better wake up. Absolutely wake up. And then you got nut jobs like the dude from the Catholic Church that don't understand that nobody from the early church practiced Catholic doctrines and teachings. None. None of them. None of the Jews, none of the Christians even accepted the apocryphal books. But I bet you Catholic churches are open. <laughs> I bet they're open. Bet they're open. Bet they're still moving priests around to escape uh, all the legal ramifications of all of the all of the things that are happening behind the scenes. You better believe they're heavy heavy duty at work. <laughs> it's worse than R. Kelly on his worst day. R. Kelly looks like Mr. Rogers compared to Catholic priests that are out there. But understand what I'm saying. It's it's completely out of hand. And people need to get angry about it. People need to get angry about it. And they need to stand up and speak. Don't sit back. Don't sit back and say nothing on your social media. Say nothing in public. You need to stand up and speak. If there was ever a time that you need to stand up and speak, it's now. It's right now. It's right now. Don't allow this thing to happen in our nation. Stand up and be counted. Stand up and be counted. People ask me, I'm not a pastor. If I was a pastor, you say, well, it's easy for you to say because you're not a pastor. If I was a pastor, I would be doing the exact same thing that other pastors are doing that are keeping their churches open. And I don't care a bit what anybody thinks about that. I would be doing the same thing. Doing the same thing. Because I believe in the scripture. I believe in what the word of God tells us to do. And there comes a time where you have to be. Here's the question. How long? How long are we going to neglect to do what the word of God says? That's the question we really need to ask ourselves. How long are we going to neglect to do what the word of God asks us to do? How permanent can the government make it for us as believers? You know, people crack me up. Well, uh, you know, in the early church, they, they were in homes. Again, they weren't all staying home large groups of people were meeting in homes. Go to, go to even when Jesus was alive. Think about this. The homes were so packed with people that when they brought the man who was paralyzed on a mat and they got to the home, it was so full they couldn't even get in the door. Let me give you just a mental picture for anybody that's talking about on the early church, they stayed home and did it. Like, like there was some picture of like two people sitting on a couch doing a quiet Bible study together. Are you out of your mind? Are you out of there? Are you out of your mind? Of course they did. AJ, the, they referred to it as the Lord's day. John, the revelator referred to it as the Lord's day. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. That was Sunday. The day Jesus rose from the dead. They met together. So what do you think? There was like two people sitting on a couch in a house just doing a quiet Bible study. Even when Jesus was alive, they met in such large numbers, in such large numbers that people that were coming for healing couldn't even get in the house, had to crawl on the roof, tear the roof off and lower the man down. So let me just say, if that's what you're doing right now, I'm, you know, I got nothing, I got nothing to say because praise God for that. 
Praise God for that. God bless you. More power to you. But if you're sitting around saying, well, we all just need to stay in our homes and then calling that doing what the early church did, you don't even know what you're talking about. You don't even know what you're talking about. And so very interesting, very interesting to me because it's, it's important, you know, any place, anytime in history, and I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying that this is like the exact same at what was, what was happening in, uh, you know, as my cousin tweeted, you know, you see some of these things happening and you, you're reminded of the quietness of the public, the silence of the public as, as rights and freedoms are just being infringed upon. That's what's scary is the silence of the church, the silence of God's people. Where, where's everybody, where's everybody getting online? Where are all the men that were uh, 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 standing around Dr. Rodney as they laid hands on the president and prayed for him in the Oval Office. Where are all of those, where are all those men? Where are all of those men getting on to, to uh, news, uh, news networks and speaking out on Dr. Rodney's behalf? Where are they? And I know that it just happened today, so they may, I'm not saying they won't come on. They may come on. You may have men get on the news and actually speak up on his behalf, but where are they? I pray they do step up and say something. I pray they do step up and say something. It's important to stand up and take a side. Don't be some, you know, weak, spineless bum that just says, well, let's just see what happens at the end of all this. You know, pe- people that have no spine, that's, the, that's how they talk. Well, we're just going to see what happens at the end of all this. It's going to be quite a ride, amen? <laughs> Ridiculous. Grow a spine and start saying something yourself. When will you contact somebody in authority? You see what I mean? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So you understand it is important. It is important to stand up for what you believe. To stand up for what you believe and not be silent. Silence is a killer. It's a killer. I can't imagine if the early church just sat around and stayed silent. Oh, they told us not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus. You know, guys, I had a great revival. I had a I had a great revival prepared for next week, but we're just going to go ahead and shut the whole thing down because the government said, let's not preach in the name of Jesus. How long are we going to be silent? Literally. I mean, you need to think about that question. How long are we going to shut our mouths and be silent? Sit around whittling on your porch, you know, like you're, it's like ridiculous. Well, we'll just see what happens at the end of all this. It'll be so, well, it'll be quite, I've never been alive in a time like this. No, you haven't because Jesus is getting ready to come back. And meanwhile, you got the love of many growing cold and they don't even care. And you've got people online that are supposed to be Holy Ghost filled Christians making light of the fact that you've got a Holy Ghost filled pastor that has impacted the world for decades being carted off to jail by a sheriff that doesn't even have his pants on straight enough to know the name of the person that he's issued an arrest warrant for. Get your act together. And if you're online, let me just, you're not my parishioner, I'm not your pastor, but if you're a Christian watching me or watching the replay and you're somebody that's applauding with your little foolish spirit, the the arrest and the infringement of of religious freedom from the United States of America. You're applauding the arrest of Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. Shame on you. Get saved and read your Bible. People need to get bold. 
That's right. I agree with my friend, Rob Conover. He said, many churches don't have a move of the Holy Spirit and they're timid like Peter was before he was filled with the Holy Ghost. I agree. I completely concur. It was the power of the Holy Ghost coming upon Peter that brought supernatural boldness that allowed him to stand up in front of the mockery of thousands and preach the greatest message that had ever been preached to that point in the time of the Christian church and thousands were saved. Thousands were saved. You need that same boldness today. Think about this. Let me, let me read you something from Ephesians 6 so that you think I'm not just on here venting. I am venting, but it's a Holy Ghost vent and it needs to be heard. Ephesians chapter 6. The Bible says, Paul's writing the church in Ephesus and towards the end of his ministry, it's one of the last epistles he wrote. You need to hear what he said. He said, verse 18, Ephesians 6, 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert, keep alert, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints and also pray for me, Paul says. Pray for me. What does he want prayer for? Look what he said. That words may be given unto me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in change that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak, as I ought to speak. Notice what Paul at the end of his ministry prays that they asked them to pray for him. He said, pray for me that boldness would be given to me. Now you're talking about probably other than Christ, the boldest man in the New Testament, the apostle Paul, the wisest, most educated and boldest man other than Christ in the New Testament. And even towards the end of his ministry, he asked the church in Ephesus and says, Pray that boldness will be granted to me to proclaim the mysteries of the gospel. Why did he ask that? Because there was great persecution and many didn't want him saying the things that he was saying. Many people. He was beaten on his back. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked. He was persecuted more than anybody you can think of. And he said, although the persecution has come, I'm going to keep on boldly preaching. I'm going to keep on boldly preaching and we need to keep on boldly talking we need to boldly stand up i mean who what do you think this is it's the final moments of time jesus christ is coming back and people are more concerned with binge watching shows on netflix and apple tv than they are actually doing what they're called to do in the body of christ it's not a part-time job it's not a part-time job you understand that it's not a part-time job. This is not something you just do on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. This is something you live every single day. It's something you live every single day. And you have to, listen, you just got to be willing. You got to be willing to stand up. See, this is where it really comes into play, where you understand the phrase, my life is not my own. I hope you catch that. You have to get to that understanding. My life is not my own. Paul said, I am a servant of Christ. I am a bond servant. I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. My life doesn't belong to me. I've been bought with a price. Christ shed his blood and purchased us back from the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his marvelous light. We don't belong to ourselves. We're part of the body of Christ. We belong to him. We're merely servants of God. 
My life is not my own. So you know what? I like what Paul said. To live is Christ, to die is gain. But there's people not willing to go to, forget die. There's people not willing to be arrested for what they believe and what they preach. (laughs) This guy, this guy on YouTube won't stop. There's people not willing. They're not willing, not willing to be arrested, not even, not even willing to stand up. There's people that won't, you know how sad it is. There's people that won't even stand up for the doctrines of Christ. There's some people that are so weak, you know, that they might talk about salvation. They won't even stand up for the doctrine of healing, which Christ preached, the apostles preached, and it's a major doctrine of the church. And they won't even stand up for that because, you know, people think that that's a little out there. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares what people think? You know, it blows my mind when you've got churches and spiritual leaders that are actually trying to alter what they say, believe, preach, and write down as doctrine because of the opinions of unbelievers. Since when do unregenerated people determine the doctrines of the Christian church? Since when do the opinions of dead people govern the gospel? or govern the doctrines of the Christian church. I can't imagine walking through a graveyard and thinking to myself in a graveyard, man, I hope everybody, I hope my outfit looks okay with everybody in here. I hope they don't think I look stupid in this outfit. They're dead. They're dead. Who cares? Thank you, Tony. I don't think you spelled it right. I think, I think you had an extra T in there and thank you for sowing a seed. You understand that? The people in the graveyard are dead. Who cares what they think of what I'm wearing? Who cares what they think of what I'm doing? A dead man has no opinions. And I'm not concerned with the opinions of the dead. Since when do I alter what I believe, what I preach, what I do, what I say based on the opinions of the dead? And you've got churches all over America that have altered what they do and how they present the gospel and whether or not they'll even preach against sin or preach repentance or you know any of that based on the opinions of the dead in their pews. I'm talking about the actual dead, those that aren't saved. And so now there's churches that are opening their services with secular music rather than actual Christian music. They're opening their services with the hits from the radio, pop songs, rather than actual Christian music. Well, why, why are we doing that? Well, we want to be more inviting, you know, to those that aren't saved and make them have a, you know, give them a comfortable environment. They should not be comfortable in a church that has the Holy Spirit. They should feel uncomfortable in their sins. They should feel uncomfortable in their sins. Yes. I mean, you, you don't know this. People that are watching, you don't know that there's churches all over America, seeker-sensitive churches that are opening their services with secular songs, opening with Katy Perry, opening up, you know, with rock, you know, you know, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Well, we want to be more open to those that don't know Jesus. Oh, yeah? It's like this one pastor that recently, he, he, he bought, no lie, he actually met a drunk on the street. And this, and if I named his name, you'd know who he was and you'd know the church very well. He met a drunk on the street and said, you know what? I want you to come to my church. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy you a six pack and I'm going to give it to you and you can drink it on the front row of our church while I'm preaching. That's how much I love you. Oh, wow. What a real eye opener. What an idiot. 
What an absolute idiot. So where do we draw the line with that kind of uh, 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 logic that's going on in our churches? Where do we draw the line? What do you do? What if, what if it wasn't a guy that was battling alcohol addiction? What if it was a guy that was battling drug addiction? I'm going to buy you a few lines of cocaine in a mirror and you can sit on the front row of my church while I'm preaching and with a, you know, give you a little rolled up hundred dollar bill and you can just snort those lines of cocaine while I'm preaching. How far, how far are you going to go with it? What if it's a dude that's battling lust? You know what? I love you. I want you to sit on the front row. We're going to install a pole right there by your chair and we're going to have a stripper come in and have her dance on the pole and, you know, dance in front of you while I'm preaching. I want you, cause I just want you to be in church. It's the same logic. Think about it. It has to go to the nth degree. If you're buying liquor for those that battle liquor, if you're, you have to buy drugs for those that battle drugs, you got to buy lap dances for those that battle lust. You have to take it the whole way. And that's how stupid churches have gotten because they've got no Holy Ghost power, no Holy Ghost power, no ability to deliver those that are in visible prisons. There's no ability to get people filled with the Holy Ghost. There's no ability to heal the sick. There's no ability to cast out devils, none. And so our opinions are being formed by uh, uh, what the dead, the opinions of the dead. I'm not here so that I can be governed by the opinions of the dead. I'm here to bring life to the dead and see the dead raised to new life in Christ. I cannot raise people to new life in Christ with the gospel if I will remove the gospel so that they're not offended by the gospel. I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science and people don't seem to get it. They're more worried about not offending people that come around. You know, Jesus didn't think like that. Jesus did not care about if people got offended or not. He didn't care. Do you know what he said? This is what he said to his disciples. He said, if you go to a city and you preach the gospel in that city, if they don't receive what you're saying, if they mock it, if they make fun of it, if they don't receive it, he said, first of all, remove your blessing and then shake the dust off of your feet and go somewhere else. He didn't say stay there for 20 years and beat your head off of a brick wall trying to get people that don't believe to believe. It's not your job to get people who don't believe to believe. It's your job to preach the gospel and tell the truth and let the chips fall where they may. You're not the savior. Christ is the savior. You're, you are not the savior. You're not even the Holy Spirit. You're just a servant of God. It is the Holy Spirit that draws men to Christ or the Father. It's the Holy Spirit that does the work in that part of salvation. All your job is to just boldly preach it and teach it. That's your job. That's my job. And if people get offended, tough. That's going to happen. As Brother Marshall said, it's an offense to those that are perishing. It's an offense to those that are perishing. Of course it is. Of course it is. Do you think that somebody who recognizes that they're on their way to hell as they hear the gospel message preached? Do you think that that's going to bring them comfort to know that? Honestly, 
someone that is sitting in a church service and hearing a preacher preach the gospel and preaching repentance from sin and preaching holiness and, and preaching and until conviction comes on. You think that person's going to sit there and feel comfortable knowing and recognizing that they're perishing and on their way to hell? Absolutely not. They'll feel convicted. That brings an uncomfortable feeling to your flesh and spirit. And it forces you to come to a crossroads. Will I make a change? Will I answer the voice of the Holy Spirit or will I not? And see, that's what we need in this country. That's why I thank God for men like Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. That's a church that you're going to hear repentance. This is not a, the river at Tampa Bay is not a church where you're going to go and hear the hyper grace, the greasy grace message preached that you can live any way you want to live and you can sleep with your girlfriend and you can smoke weed and you can go and, and snort three lines of cocaine and you can go out to a strip club and come back next Sunday and you're still on your way to heaven. Your actions don't have to change. You don't have to actually obey the Bible. That's being preached to many people in our generation that you can do whatever you want and still make heaven your home. But the Bible doesn't teach it. And you're not going to hear that at the river at Tampa Bay. You're going to hear repentance preached. You're going to hear preaching against sin. You're going to hear the gospel preached. And you know what you're going to see? Every Sunday morning, you're going to see the altar filled with people giving their hearts to Jesus Christ in salvation. Something that's not happening in over 80% of our churches in America today. They tell us that well over 70% of the churches in the U.S. won't see one conversion in a calendar year. Not one. Not one. So what are we doing if we're not seeing people saved? And I'll tell you this, the river at Tampa Bay is a church where you, where you will hear the truth preached. And that's why I love Dr. Rodham Brown. I'm not against him. I'm for him. I thank God for a man like him that's willing to pay the price, willing to go to jail, willing to be arrested willing to keep that open and say, you know what? I don't care. I, there comes a time where we have to do what the Bible says in Acts 5.29. We must obey God rather than men. And it's just going to happen. It's just going to, let me tell you, as we come to the, the return of Christ closer and closer, we're going to get to the place where people have to start making decisions. And you need to decide now which side of the decisions and which side of that line that you're going to be on. Which side of the line are you going to be on? Which side of the line are you going to be on? If it comes to, I mean, we thank God for the religious freedoms we have in the United States, but if it comes to the place, if it comes to the place where they try to strip those freedoms from us as the, we're on the fringes of that now, then you know what? Churches are going to have to decide which side of the line that they stay on. Which, which side of the line am I going to stand on? Am I going to be somebody that folds under pressure? Am I going to be somebody that stops preaching? What are you going to do? I think they've reversed it now. Those that are watching from Canada can, can give me the details on the, the veracity of this. But it was only a handful of years ago that as a pastor in Canada, if you were to preach against homosexuality, there was first a warning from the government. Second, there was a fine, second, second offense of preaching about homosexuality, there was a fine. And on the third offense, you were on your way to jail, jail time. Now, I think I heard that they made some changes on that. I don't know the details, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do if America goes that route? Where as a preacher, as a Christian, you can't even go to Romans chapter one and read what the Bible says about homosexuality. 
What are you going to do when it, if it becomes illegal? And I say if, but it's more like when. And that's why the church needs to stand up. The church needs to stand up and declare, I refuse. I refuse to be infringed upon. I absolutely refuse. It's still still punitive action. Uh, Brother Marshall said in, in Canada, still punitive action for preaching. Okay, why? Oh, that's hate speech. That's hate speech, brother. And so that's already being infringed upon there. And they're going to try to do the same thing here. Why do you think they're doing the thing where they're trying to push about wedding cakes and, you know, weddings in your building in the United United States? Well, why can't, you know, why do you think so many pastors are having to change uh, their bylaws? You know, where it says, you know, we only allow uh, members of the church to be married in the church so that they can't come strip your 501c3 or whatever else you have because you refuse uh, or discriminate against homosexual couples when they want to be married in your in your church. It's what it's coming to, and you're going to have to stand up, and you have to make a decision. Am I going to still do what I'm doing now if they try to take my tax-exempt status? Am I going to still do what I'm doing now if they don't give us that tax break on giving anymore? Am I still going to do what I'm doing now if it becomes illegal to say what the Bible says? Are you going to stand on God's side of the line, or are you not? It's the question. And everybody's going to have to answer the question. Everybody's going to have to answer the question. And so I'm going to pray for you right now, everybody that's hanging with me tonight. And we're doing these every night at 7 p.m. I'm telling you, you need to be on here and get your spirit of faith built. The Lord spoke to me when I was flying home from Michigan. He said, get on every night at 7 p.m. and pump my people full of faith. And so I'm going to pray for you right now and ask God the same thing that Paul prayed for. I'm going to pray it comes upon you tonight a spirit of faith and boldness in the Holy Ghost to do what God's called you to do in these final moments of time. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every man and every woman watching the broadcast. I pray for those that'll listen later on the podcast. And Lord, I ask you in Jesus' name, fill our hearts with a supernatural boldness in the Holy Ghost. Fill our hearts with a supernatural boldness. Give us, as your word says, the boldness of a lion in Jesus' name. While the wicked run when nobody's chasing them, let your righteous people be as bold as a lion in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Fill us with a a, a holy, righteous indignation and anger. We refuse to be infringed upon in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We refuse to be infringed upon in Jesus' mighty name. We will stand up and we will take a stand for what the Bible says is right and be counted in these final moments of time before Jesus comes back. We thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. We're thanking, we thank you that we're filled to overflowing with the mighty power of God. From this night forward, never again let us take for granted the mighty Holy Spirit that lives in us that quickens our mortal bodies, that gives us wisdom, that leads us and guides us into all truth. And Lord, we thank you now that doors are opening up for your people. Doors are opening up for your church, not just in America, but around the world. We thank you, Lord. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered in Jesus' name. I pray now that every enemy of the church be scattered in Jesus' name. Lord, confuse your enemies. Everything that was set up by the enemy, 
to, to come against the church, to hinder the work of the church, and to frustrate the work of God. I, Lord, I ask you now to blow your breath from heaven and scatter every wicked thing, scatter every enemy of your plan and agenda on the earth. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, blow every wicked thing away from our homes. Blow every wicked thing away from our children. In Jesus' mighty name, we will not suffer the same fate as others in this world that do not have a Redeemer. In Jesus' name, we declare we are God's people and we are exempted from trouble. We are exempted from wrath. And Father, before Jesus comes back, set our hearts on fire to do what we've been called to do in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you believe that prayer and receive it over you and your family, throw some emoji hands in the comments and shout a loud amen from wherever you're watching from. And thank God, because I'm going to pray one final prayer before we do anything else. We're going to pray for our friend, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. We're going to ask God not just to uh, give him supernatural favor in everything he does in this issue, but also to back him up with the power of heaven and every enemy, not just of the church at large, but every wicked thing that tries to stand against him in the city of Tampa falls flat on its face in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I pray right now by the power of the Holy Ghost, that you would not only continue to use Dr. Rodney, but that you would put the force of heaven behind him as every persecution is coming against him. I thank you, Lord, that you will open doors for him and his ministry in Jesus' name like never before. Lord, I pray this way. I pray, Lord, that they'll have to pay him back monetarily for the infringement upon his constitutional rights and as he's building this new church building in Tampa, Florida for the glory of God. Let the money that comes back from the lawsuit pay every bill to build the new building and we'll say that this is the house that God built by the favor of his mighty right hand in Jesus' mighty name. And so Lord, I, I pray once again, blow your breath from heaven and I pray every wicked thing that stands against Dr. Rodney and Adonica Howard Brown and also the river at Tampa Bay Church and River, river Bible Institute and River School of Government. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, every wicked thing that stands against them fall flat on its face in Jesus' mighty name. And all of the wickedness and corruption that's in those areas that stand against them to be exposed and moved by the mighty right hand of God. We give you thanks for the mighty man of God, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. Lord, thank you for calling him. Thank you for launching him forth in this generation. Thank you for every soul that's been saved through his ministry. Thank you for all those who have been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Thank you for all those that have been healed and delivered from drugs and addictions. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for everything you've used he and his family to do. I pray now, Lord, that you give him a supernatural strength to continue to do what he's been called to do. Bless him abundantly, Lord. Bless him abundantly even more than you already have. And we thank you for him. And we thank you for using him. And we thank you that he has the victory in all things. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you glory and praise. If you believe that, somebody shout aloud, amen, and give God all of the praise. Listen to me. Others have already done it. If the Lord is speaking to you tonight to sow a seed, I want to encourage you to sow a seed into this ministry tonight. You can easily do that. Uh, by going to miracleword.com. But if you'd like to do it right in the comments section, if you're on Twitter, Periscope, or Facebook, you can use hashtag donate as others have done during the broadcast tonight. 
to sow seed into this ministry. If you'd like to use PayPal or Cash App, there the information is on the screen and you can sow digitally now easily. I want to say thank you to every person that's standing with us. Thank you, Brian. I love you. All of you that are sowing, we thank you for everybody that's been standing with us. Carolyn and I love you. And I want you to know something. Thank you, Regina. We pray for you on a weekly basis. And many of you, many of you we pray for by name because we have you connected via text message. We get your, we get your prayer requests. I get them. I was answering some today. I get them when you text me. And I pray for you by name and stand in the gap for you and your family. I love you. I don't just say that. I wouldn't get on here twice a day uh, to preach and teach and talk to you if I didn't love you. I do love you. And I believe what in what God's called you to do. I believe in the anointing that's on your life. I believe in the purpose that God's put on your life. And I honestly believe that the best days are ahead of us, not behind us. The best days of the church are ahead of us and not behind us. And so I know tonight the Holy Spirit is encouraging you and instructing you about what kind of a seed you should sow tonight. Let me say this, obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. Do what he's asking you to do, and as you do it, watch and see what kind of a harvest comes back. The Bible says that don't be, I love this verse, Galatians 6, 7, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. Hallelujah. And so I want to encourage you now, as the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, to step out by faith. You know, I said this this morning, Carolyn and I have prayed and we've asked the Lord to attach to this ministry uh, at least a thousand people that would stand with us on a monthly basis at $85 or more. We're, we're calling we're calling them our mighty men and women, just like David had. King David had mighty men that were attached to his life. We're saying the same thing. God attached to this ministry, mighty men and women that are believing to see this generation shaken by the power of God before it's too late. And so I'm asking you, pray and ask the Lord, are you to be one of those? Maybe you're not, but if you are, I want to encourage you to go to miracleword.com and click on the partner button. And when you click on that, there's a form you can fill out to sow a seed and stand with us monthly and believe God for great things to hit, not just this nation, but around the world as well. And by the way, this month, for every person that, thank you, Kevin, I appreciate it. Every person this month that sowed $85 or more, we want to send you this powerful book by Brother A.A. Allen, one of the most powerful men during the Voice of Healing uh, movement, had a mighty miracle ministry. This book, the price of God's miracle working power is the things that Jesus revealed to him in prayer that brought his ministry into a miracle ministry, changed his whole life, changed his whole ministry. We're going to send it to you as our gift to you for those that are sowing $85 or more this month to say that we love you. And then of course, for everybody that's sowing $1,000 or more, we're going to be sending you this beautiful, genuine leather Life Application Study Bible in the New Living Translation. This is a phenomenal tool for Bible study. Tons of notes, tons of things to help you, resources to help you go deeper in Bible study, and uh, it will bless you. I'm going to be back again 10.30 in the morning, and then again tomorrow night, 7 p.m. If you didn't get our brand new magazine, it's absolutely free. Miracle Word Quarterly comes out once a quarter, and uh, costs you nothing to receive it. If you've not gotten your copy or you're not on the list, I want to encourage you to go to miracleword.com, click on the magazine on the homepage, and uh, and fill out the form. We'll send it to you absolutely free. If you're in another nation, like we have many people watching from other nations, and if you are, we'll send you a digital copy. Oh, Adrian, I've got it. Oh, you got yours today. 
A bunch of people saying they got theirs today. That's awesome. So they're starting to be delivered to the homes. That's awesome. Thank you, Jamisha. Love you too, Carissa. Praying that baby comes quickly and easily. She's ready to give birth to that baby, and I pray it comes quickly and easily in Jesus' name. That's awesome. Enjoy it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think it's the best one we've put out so far. I really, really love it. And Maddie, I wanted to show you this. My daughter, Madeline, of course, we launched Miracle Word Kids in November. But in this edition, my daughter, Madeline, wrote a note to all the kids that are a, a part of the ministry. Look at that. She wrote her own note to you guys in the magazine, her and Brooklyn and Teddy on there. And so we got all kinds of stuff to build your faith, stuff for your kids, stuff for you, stuff for women, nonstop mom. It will, uh, it'll bless you and we'll send it to you for free to tell you that we love you and appreciate you. All you got to do is go on the website and sign up and we'll send it to you. I love you guys. I'm serious about this. Get bold as a lion, stand up and don't be silent. I want to see you again tomorrow morning. We'll be live 1030 AM and then tomorrow night, 7 PM back again, spirit of faith sessions. And, uh, I want to play that. It got cut off at the beginning. But I want to play on the way out this powerful song. Uh, it's a song Don, Doc, that uh, Donnie McClurkin has done for years. Living He Loved Me. This is Kiera Sheard, I believe, singing the song. Kiera Sheard singing it with a praise break at the end. I love you guys so much. Thanks for hanging with me. I'll see you again tomorrow morning and tomorrow night. Have a great night. I love you all. Okay, let's try. Let's do it. Come on.
Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.